You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get started with a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. How you doing, Penn State fans? I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. We are here every Monday through Friday delivering you some fresh Penn State football commentary as the season creeps up just a little bit more by the day. That's right, we're just only a week and a half away from the start of the 2020 Penn State football season. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you my next question in my series of five questions about the Nittany Lions in 2020, which I think are pretty pressing issues for Penn State to have some success this fall. Also coming up in today's episode, we have the latest national championship odds provided by one of the sports books that's kind enough to send me along some updated odds on a weekly basis. We'll take a look at them, see if there's any movement on Penn State's national title odds before they even play a single game. We'll also take a look at the Heisman odds that have been updated. And we are also going to wonder aloud whether or not there is a chance that fans will be able to attend a Penn State football game this fall. Obviously, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case early on, but there's some hope around the state that maybe that door could be open to that possibility. We're going to talk a little bit about that issue as we go forward in today's episode. Make sure you are subscribed in whatever podcasting app you're using to listen to our episode right now, whether you're in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Overcast. You can name as many podcast apps as you want. Odds are we're on it. So make sure you hit that subscribe, whatever you're using. And then, of course, leave a rating and a review after this episode. Let us know what you thought about today's show and the, the podcast in general. Your feedback really does help build the show, guys. So I'm telling you right now, whatever you have to say, positive or negative, we want to hear from you guys. And you can also reach out to us on our social media platforms by following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany, liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. You can check us out on Instagram at instagram.com slash Locked On Nittany. And don't forget to check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Locked On Nittany. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get this episode started. I didn't get a chance to work this into yesterday's podcast, so we'll do it right now. And that is our latest updated look at the national championship odds and the Heisman odds as provided by the sports book Bet Online. This is not a sponsored placement or anything like that. This is just informational purposes. I get these updated odds from a number of different sports books on a regular basis, and I'm always going to throw out some of the ones that I find interesting to you guys just for your entertainment and information purposes because uh, I like talking about this stuff and I'm getting into know it a little bit more as we move forward so again i am not a professional in any sense of the imagination but i do uh, like to take a look at some of the movement that we see as the season progresses obviously the big 10 has not kicked off yet so there's probably not going to be a whole lot of movement as far as big 10 teams are concerned with the national title odds or the heisman odds but there is some movement and not necessarily for Penn State this week. Again, these odds are provided by BetOnline, BetOnline.ag. You can also follow them on Twitter at BetOnline underscore AG. Again, not sponsored. Uh, the latest national championship odds after last weekend's action of college football doesn't see a whole ton of movement, although there is some slight changes to some of the odds that are out there. Clemson remains your national championship favorite, according to this sports book, but they move from two to one to nine to four. Uh, and that actually means that they have longer odds than they did a week ago. And I think there's a reason why that is. You take a look at some of the other teams that are right behind them. Alabama has moved from 13 to four odds to up to three to one odds. 
And after last weekend, Georgia moved from 12 to 1 to 8 to 1 odds. So obviously, two teams in the SEC getting better odds this week after their latest wins. And I think the, the it's sort of setting this table for the possibility of maybe two teams in the SEC playing in the college football playoff. Increases the chances that an SEC team takes out Clemson and wins that national championship. So that's where it kind of goes hand in hand, where Clemson has done nothing to suggest that they shouldn't be the favorite here in the national championship uh, picture. And they certainly still have the best odds on the board at nine to four. But when you see a couple of other teams receive better odds as the season progresses, uh, you can sort of understand why Clemson's odds may have taken a slight dip. Again, still the favorite here. Uh, and there's no real competition there, uh, at least as of now. Alabama does have the second best odds on the board. They're actually tied with Ohio State, who has three to one odds. Now, Ohio State, like Clemson, actually saw their national championship odds go down a little bit from the previous week. Again, three to one odds. <laughs> that's still pretty good uh, for the Buckeyes. But Ohio State went from 11 to four down to three to one this week. And again, two SEC teams in the top four on the board uh, getting better odds this week. And so you kind of understand why that would be the case. And again, Ohio State hasn't played a game yet. Neither has any team in the Big Ten. So it's always kind of interesting to see uh, how the perception of a Big Ten team is changing without having played a single down. I will say Penn State last week was at 28 to 1 odds uh, on, on this uh, on these sports odds, and they are still at 28 to 1. So there's been no movement as far as Penn State is concerned. Uh, Michigan actually went from 40 to 1 to 50 to 1 this week, uh, despite not playing the game. Uh, same with Wisconsin. Wisconsin went from 40 to 1 to 50 to 1. Uh, any other Big Ten teams on the list here? I'm just scanning down here. Minnesota actually improved from 100 to 1 to 80 to 1. And another team from the Big Ten. How about Iowa? Iowa, well, no change for the Iowa Hawkeyes. They are at 150 to 1, uh, same odds as they had a week ago. So still. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, significant movement, I think, as far as the national championship picture is concerned. One interesting note, though, LSU, your defending national champion, has fallen off the board. Last week, they were at 101 odds. This week, they are among the many teams who have dropped off the board entirely. So looks like it's going to be pretty tough for LSU to get back in the picture. Oklahoma has not fallen off the board. Uh, and obviously, Oklahoma did win this past weekend. They actually have 66 to 1 odds to win the national championship. Those are the same odds they had a week ago before they beat Texas. So uh, interesting because they have already lost two games. I think it's going to be very difficult for them to even make the college football playoff here. Obviously, don't want to get too far ahead of myself. We know that a lot of stuff can happen between now and the end of the season. And it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that a two-loss Big 12 champion Oklahoma wiggles their way into that college football playoff. But uh, still lots of football to be played still think Oklahoma's going to need a few bounces, but I'm kind of curious to see the odds city where they are for the Sooners. I don't think 66 to 1 is all that bad considering the things, the way things have gone so far for the Sooners. Let's take a look at the Heisman Trophy odds. Uh, according to this sports book, no Penn State players are on the board. Uh, they weren't on the board last year or last week either. I just never got a chance to, to update those figures. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence remains the favorite. <laughs> he has gone from 7 to 2 down to 5 to 6. Or I'm sorry, actually improved to five and six, five to six odds uh, this weekend uh, as your Heisman Trophy frontrunner. He's followed by Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback. He's gone from seven to one to five to one, so he actually got better odds over the past weekend. How about Alabama quarterback Mac Jones going from four to one odds down to five to one odds? But he, uh, the fact that he's up there as high as he is 
That's pretty impressive. Uh, Kyle Trask, Florida's quarterback, has gone from 15 to 4 to 16 to 1 odds. And another Alabama player, Alabama running back Najee Harris, has gone from 40 to 1 to 18 to 1. That's a pretty significant movement there as he and Alabama just continue to pile up the rushing yardage. Uh, and of course, Alabama's going to have a lot of chances for some offense. I'm going to be very curious to see what happens with Alabama this weekend against Georgia. But there you have it, the latest national championship odds and the Heisman odds. We will do this uh, periodically. We'll try to make this a weekly thing now, especially since we're back to five days a week. Uh, we can easily use one segment to kind of update the the latest odds that are coming in uh, following the previous weekend's action. So Clemson is still your favorite at 9-4. to four. Penn State stays firm at 28-1 to one odds to win the national championship. Coming up next, will fans be allowed to enter Beaver Stadium in 2020? I don't think so, but there is some reason for optimism as things continue to open up around the state of Pennsylvania. We'll talk about it next on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I'll tell you, Tuesday was a rough one for me. I had a really long day at work. I came home. I was a little achy. And you know why I was a little tired? Because I forgot to pack something very important in my lunch that day. And that was my package of Built Go. The energy gel from the same people that brought you Built Bars. You know how much we love the Built Bars. Well, you know what? I love the Built Goes as well. They've been doing me a really good favor. Give me a little bit of a pickup in the afternoon after my lunch break. Get me through those last few hours after a long day uh, working some manual labor. It's five hours energy without the same crash feeling plus it's natural so it's better for the body it's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results they come in three delicious flavors my favorite is the peanut butter honey i could eat that thing every day straight out of the pack put it on an apple put in some oatmeal i think you're going to be in for a really delicious treat but they also have the chocolate coconut and the chocolate mint you really can't go wrong with any of those three flavors Right now, if you go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, you're going to save 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. As you know, the Big Ten is going to be kicking off football a week and a half from now, and there will be no fans allowed at Big Ten games anywhere throughout the conference this season. So you're going to see an empty Beaver Stadium, an empty Ohio Stadium, an empty Memorial Field out in Lincoln, an empty Big House. It's going to be pretty eerie. It's going to be pretty weird. And I think certainly a lot of teams around the Big Ten are looking for ways to enhance the game day atmosphere as much as they possibly can. At Penn State, they're going to be selling those cardboard cutouts. We talked a little bit about that on the podcast, I believe, last week. And of course, they're going to be trying to bring in a little bit of a virtual experience for fans, no matter where they're attending or I should say watching Penn State games this year, because you're not going to be tailgating outside Beaver Stadium. You're not going to be going and making your way through the turnstiles of Beaver Stadium to check out the game in person. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different. But is it going to be definite? And that's the big question. Right now here in Pennsylvania, if you're, certainly if you're not in this state, and maybe you're not aware, but this past weekend, Sunday afternoon, Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. It was the first NFL game first professional sporting event, I should say, in the state of Pennsylvania. Sorry, Philadelphia. I'm talking about the, the four main sports. The first major event outside that allowed fans to attend a sporting event. So I think the Steelers had a capacity of, I want to say, 5,500 fans. That number may not be 100% accurate, so please don't uh, <laughs> fire me for that. But I do think that was the number. Uh, coincidentally enough, it looked like it went all right, I guess. Uh, so I do think that it's going to be something that the Steelers continue to do. Haven't seen any indication otherwise. 
And of course, on Tuesday, the Philadelphia Eagles announced that they are going to open up uh, Lincoln Financial Field, their home stadium, for, I believe, up to 7,500 fans. Uh, don't know how they're distributing those tickets offhand, but uh, they are going to start bringing in some fans to their stadium this weekend when they host the Baltimore Ravens. So that's cool. That's good news, I guess. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily something I think you have to be doing, but uh, I think uh, if you feel comfortable that you're able to pull it off, I, I, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't try it. You know, I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be going and attending this kind of event, but that's just my personal choice. I see nothing wrong, especially in a vast stadium. Uh, Lincoln Financial Field holds like 67,000 67, fans, I want to say. Uh, I don't know what the capacity is at Heinz Field, but you're talking about big football stadiums with plenty of room for social distancing for the small number of fans that you're welcoming into your stadium. Now, obviously, there are a lot of concerns that go with this, but I think we've reached a point where if you feel like the testing protocols are there and you're ready to go, give it a shot and hope for the best. <laughs> That's what the situation is right now, I think, for a lot of people. So I, I do think that th there is re still reason to be concerned about the security and the health and the safety of everybody involved. But again, if you feel you can pull it off, I'm not going to stop you from giving it a try. We have certainly seen in round college football, plenty of teams, plenty of schools are giving it a shot. Uh, and I don't know how successful it has been or hasn't been, but I think we kind of figured that at some point, these NFL franchises were going to try and open up the doors for some fans. And I, again, every, every team is going to go about this differently. Coincidentally enough, and not that to get too far off topic here, on the same day, Tuesday, after the Philadelphia Eagles announced that they were going to be starting welcoming fans, Temple University, who plays their home games in the link, uh, also announced a plan to start bringing fans back into the stadium for their home games at the link. It's going to start this weekend with family-only members, so it's kind of like Penn State's idea where they're just going to allow family members to come into the link, get a chance to watch their kids play football. Uh, again, I forget who Temple's playing this weekend, but regardless. Uh, and then if that is successful, Temple was going to monitor that and make sure everything goes smoothly as possible. And if they are successful there, they'll start bringing in a little bit of a phased-in plan to welcome more fans into temple home games uh you know, you know certainly it's still going to be a limited capacity uh you know make any temple attendance joke you want right now if you want but it's still going to be a, a phase in process and i think there's a plan for a three game season ticket package and quite honestly i hope it all goes well for temple i hope it all goes well for the eagles and i hope it all continues to go well for the steelers i don't know if the Pitt Panthers are going to be doing the same thing uh, as of now, as of recording this, it actually just occurred to me to even check on that. So I don't know exactly what the plan is there. Although we do know around the ACC, some schools have welcomed fans into their games, including at Clemson, uh, certainly at Notre Dame and Miami, Florida State. Fans are attending games in ACC schools. So I would guess that if it hasn't been decided already, that Pitt may very likely be doing something similar to what Temple is doing. But what about Penn State? You know, okay, that's going to leave Penn State with the biggest stadium in the state of Pennsylvania, still looking like a cavernous, desolate erector set because there will be no fans uh, other than family attending games this year. Now, this is a little bit different from what some of the other teams around the state have been doing is because the Big Ten has come together on the idea of no fans in the stands. Uh, for their eight-game schedule. So I don't know if Penn State actually will have a chance to bring in fans to Beaver Stadium outside of family members. 
Uh, and I guess I should just uh, put out that disclaimer now. Anytime I say fans are not coming into Beaver Stadium this year, I'm not including the families of the players, okay? I think we can just kind of move past that. But I, I really do feel as though this is going to be a season where fans are not going to be able to attend any of the, I guess, four home games that Penn State's going to be playing this year. And you're just going to have to hope that everything is better for the 2021 season. And hopefully you can get back to some sense of normalcy and pack in that stadium with 110,000 fans for those big games next year. And look at that schedule. If it stays put, uh, there's some attractive games coming into Happy Valley next year. So I don't think that uh, despite the positive trends for the Steelers and the Eagles and Temple, and again, we'll see what happens with Pitt, I don't think you can rely on that becoming a case for Penn State to open up the doors at Beaver Stadium because it's not necessarily Penn State's call at this point. It looks like it's the Big Ten's call. And if the Big Ten says, we're going to play football, but you're not bringing in fans, I think that's the compromise you have to make. And I don't know if that compromise changes later on. Obviously, the Big Ten is hoping to have their protocols and their testing on a daily basis uh, be as routine and as secure as possible and as informative and secure as possible. So... I don't know if that translates to what you do with the fans. So I, I really don't know what's going to happen, but I would lean towards suggesting that if you're banking on getting a chance to go to a Penn State game this year, you're probably going to have to sneak in the stadium, catch it on a drone or something like that, and even then, you're probably going to get in trouble. So it's probably best to just call a spade a spade this year and maybe just wait until next year and cross your fingers that you're going to be able to attend a game in live in person. That's just what I think. Let me know what you think. You can always reach out to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Coming up in our final segment of today's podcast, I've got one more big question for the Penn State Nittany Lions in 2020, which I think is a very key issue. This time, we're going to talk a little defense. That's coming up next on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I'm Kevin McGuire. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And don't forget to check out our Instagram page at Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. Every day on the podcast this week, we are closing out our episodes by addressing one of the questions I have about Penn State in 2020 in a little series we're calling Five Questions About Penn State in 2020. (laughs) I know, real creative, right? But yeah, that's what we're doing. On Monday's episode, we took a look at whether or not this Penn State team is going to be able to avoid a bad road loss that could really come back to haunt them in a big way. Yesterday on the podcast, we took a look at the wide receiver position, which we have discussed at length throughout the course of this offseason. But today I want to talk a little bit about the defense because as much as I love this Penn State defense on a regular basis, I really have a little bit of a question mark about one of their signature positions this upcoming season. Yes, we're talking about the linebackers. This is linebacker you, right? So why would I have a question about the ability of the linebackers to really step up and lock things down this year? Well, you know what? Quite honestly, I don't have a whole lot of concern about the linebacker position. I just wonder if there's a guy on this team that's going to step up and make you forget about Micah Parsons. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. No, (laughs) there's not. Uh, The loss of Micah Parsons, who opted out as he continues to prepare himself for the NFL future that is surely coming up for him. And again, 
I have no problem with him opting out. I'm just putting that out there. I, I applaud him for making the decision that's best for him. And you know, as much as I would have loved to see Michael Parsons suit up for uh, at least a couple of games this year, maybe most notably that week two game against Ohio State, I, I totally understand his position. I totally respect the decision. And you're never going to hear me criticize any player for doing what they feel is best for them and their future and their family. I feel like Michael Parsons did that. And he certainly seems to have the support of James Franklin. So uh, if James Franklin Franklin's not unhappy or not unhappy about the whole situation. You know, maybe he's unhappy, but yeah, I think if he's understanding and encouraging of that uh, position, I don't see any reason why any of us cannot either. But obviously, you don't just replace Micah Parsons. Penn State has good linebackers. That's not as much of a concern for me, but they don't have a Micah Parsons coming in or coming back this year. And most importantly, I think it kind of gets overlooked sometimes. Because of Micah Parsons and the star profile that he has established for himself, you have to remember, Penn State is also replacing two other starting linebackers from last year's team. Cam Brown is gone. Jan Johnson is gone. So you've got three starting linebackers in this Penn State defense that need to be replaced. Fortunately, I do feel like Penn State has some options in play here. The most obvious of them being Brandon Smith, who's a sophomore this year, had a really uh, fine season last year, showed some glimpses and showed you a lot of potential uh, for what he can be as he continues this legacy of linebacker play at Penn State. Again, he's not Micah Parsons, but this is Brandon Smith we're talking about. He's not exactly a... a project here, right? He is, he's pretty well-rounded and he's going to be pretty fierce and he's going to make some plays as well. He can level a boom, right? So I think that uh, as far as impactful play, I think Brandon Smith has an excellent chance to be one of the main guys that Penn State's defense relies on making some tackles, making some breakups, uh, you know, causing some disruption. That's what you need some from your linebackers sometimes. I think Brandon Smith is certainly capable of doing that and really looking forward to seeing what he does this season because he's going to be the main guy, I think, in the middle of that you know, Penn State defense at the linebacker position. And he's really going to be relied on to be one of those leaders. So he's still growing a little bit, maturing a little bit, uh, and establishing himself as a leader. I think it's going to be very important that he really takes that next level, I think, as far as a leader is concerned. And I don't see any reason why he won't. I I really don't. I think this is going to be a really fun year for Brandon Smith. I think he's going to get a lot of attention, and I think deservedly so. I think he's going to be a really good player. Again, not Micah Parsons, but uh, if the next thing you have is Brandon Smith, that's not a bad way to go about the upcoming season. Of course, he can't do it alone, right? So who are the other linebackers going to be? Now, it looks like Alice Brooks, Jesse Lakita are going to be your most likely fill-ins or you know, not really fill-ins, but the, the next guys that are going to be cementing some uh, starting positions. And that's it's always good to have some guys that are a little bit more upperclassmen. Uh, these guys are both juniors. Actually, uh, Brooks, I believe, is a redshirt junior. So you've got a couple of upperclassmen getting that upperclassmen leadership. That's always good to have. And you know that Penn State linebackers, maybe they're not going to have the, the top elite skills all the time, but you know that they're going to be head smart about where the ball is. They've got good defensive awareness, right? And as long as they've got the fundamental tackling skills down, which they usually do at Penn State with the linebackers, they're going to be in pretty good shape. They're always going to be around the football. They're not going to get caught out of uh, out of position very often. Yeah, mistakes will be made at times, but they are going to be smart enough to really be aware of what's in front of them and not let too many plays get behind them. They're not going to have their heads on their swivel. So I think that that's a a good position for Penn State's linebacker strength to be in. I don't know if this is necessarily the strongest linebacker group that Penn State has ever had, but it doesn't really need to be because 
there's going to be some really good pressure up front from that defensive line. And I think the defensive secondary is going to be pretty good too. So all in all, while Penn State is linebacker U and calls himself linebacker U, I don't necessarily think that the linebacker position is actually their biggest strength on defense. It might not even be their second biggest strength, but it's going to be pretty good. So it's easy to get lost in all the Micah Parsons hype as he has opted out. But I do think that you know, despite losing a couple guys that from you know graduation and Micah Parsons opting out, the linebacker position is still in pretty good hands. And you know that Brent Pry, defense coordinator, knows what he has to work with. And you know that he's been uh, trying to, to figure out ways to get the linebackers to be uh, the anchors of this defense. Again, a lot of good reason to be excited about the defensive front. And I think the linebackers uh, hammering things down right in the middle of the field, uh, they're going to be able to do their job. They're going to be able to close down the running lanes and you know create some disruption at times. Uh, really looking forward to see what happens here. So, yeah, I think the linebacker position is just fine. I don't know if it's anything, uh, you know, star study just yet, but I do think that there's some optimism for the linebacker position. You don't need them to do a whole lot, but if they can create some plays, and you know they will at times, that would be huge. So I think the linebacker position, while it could be better going into the season, it could certainly be worse, and I would take that uh, any day of the, the week, especially on Saturday. So I do think that the linebacker position is going to be okay. Uh, so is there any concern for linebacker you with the linebackers? Maybe mildly, but I think once we see these guys in action, I think your comfort level is going to start rising pretty quickly. Again, the biggest question is going to be what do they do against the best offenses that they face? They're going to get a big test right out of the gate against Indiana because they're a pesky offense. And you know, Michael Penix Jr., he's going to be causing some trouble too. So it's going to be very important for the linebackers not to get lost in trying to track him down. I think he'll be okay. And then, of course, the big game in Week 2 against Ohio State. Always a big test. Always a big test because Ohio State can do so many things offensively. You really uh, cannot afford for your linebackers to get lost and you know, commit to uh, one guy that's not going to be uh, getting the football. Uh, that could be dangerous. But if they uh, rise to the occasion, which I think they will, they'll keep it close. And that's really all you're going to need to ask from them uh, for the most part. They're going to be okay for pretty much every game this season. Uh, but the big question is, what do they do in this big game? So, yeah. Uh, is there any concern with the linebacker position? Just a small bit, but it's not enough to really have me concerned about what's at stake for the season. I've said before, I think Penn State's going to have a really good year. I, I think there's still two losses out there, and maybe the linebackers uh, cost them one of the games. I don't necessarily think I, that's going to be the case. I just think that uh, the, the Ohio State game is the Ohio State game, and going on the road to some of the places they're going to have to go to this year are going to be pretty difficult. But again, we talked about that in Monday's podcast. You can go back and listen to that conversation. I don't want to rehash everything I just said there. Uh, but I do think the linebacker position at linebacker U at Penn State is going to be just fine this year. But let me know what you think about the linebackers this year. Who do you think is going to be the star in the making? Or do you think that any of those guys deeper on the depth chart are going to get a chance to move up? I would love to hear what you guys have to say. So reach out to us at any time on our social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. You can check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Locked on Nittany. Don't forget our Instagram page at Instagram.com slash Locked on Nittany. And yeah, we're on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Locked on Nittany. Make sure you go check out that channel because we're probably going to have some streams soon with some video simulations. Just saying, just putting it out there. It may actually be happening. So you want to look forward to that. 
I'm Ken McGuire, reminding you that you can subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you think about the episode by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on all the major podcasting platforms. Your feedback is genuinely appreciated, and it does help build our show for you guys. We want to make it something that you want to come back to and share with your friends and your family and your other Penn State fans. Listen to it at your Penn State social distancing gatherings as you get ready for the season and throughout the season. We're here every Monday through Friday. We've got new new episodes going up around midnight Eastern, so make sure you check them out they're there for you all day long and of course uh, all the support you guys have been giving us has been tremendous over the past couple of months especially and now i'm really excited to get started with the season you can also check out my college football content on athlonsports.com i'll have some game previews coming up i think as this penn state season gets started and of course i also have the weekly bets against the spread or the picks against the spread posts for college games and nfl games you can also check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. So tomorrow we've got another question. I don't know what it is just yet, but I've got a couple in mind. So make sure you come back tomorrow. We'll address some more questions about Penn State for the upcoming season. And if there's any other news and notes along the way, we'll be sure to pass them along as we get you set for the upcoming weekend of college football. And like I said, Penn State season starts in a week and a half, guys. Get excited. It's coming for real this time. All right, guys. Have a great day. Go 1-0. I'll talk to you later. Bye.